Hello and welcome to the Minter Dialogue Radio Show number 26. I attended the NetExpo Forum 2012 back on the 15th and 16th of March, held at the splendid UNESCO headquarters in Paris. NetExpo is an observatory of new tech trends around the world, with which I've been associated for the last couple of years. There were 10 award winners highlighted at the event, each coming from the four corners of the world, and each with a very interesting angle. In the fourth of this series, I caught up with Erica Anderson, CEO and founder of H2020, a water poverty project that collects data like a rolling real-time census. The benefit is more accurate, up-to-date understanding of water-related problems for NGOs and government agencies and for the better use of their funds. It's an interesting project. Let's cut to the interview. Hello, this is Mint Dial, and I am at NetExplo Forum 2012. It's the second day, and I have with me a, an award winner from NetExplo called Erica Anderson, who is the CEO and founder of H2020, or if you're in the numbers game, H2020, something like that. Anyway, Erica, thanks to have you aboard. Can you tell us about uh, H2020? What is it? Uh, yeah, H2020 is a small st- startup, and our goal is to collect data about water problems using mobile phones. So you're at the heart of the subject of big data. Would you say that's a possible uh, interpretation? I guess I'm at the heart of big data, but no, really I'm much more in the very, very fine grain of how do you implement things and get people to actually adopt them in order to get the data that you need. All right, so tell us about exactly what's happening. What data are you looking for and for what purpose? Well, we're generally looking for data on water. What we're trying to do is we're trying to make the entire process of gathering and managing water data both more standardized and more efficient. Right now we've got projects that are going on in two areas. The first is in watershed management, and the second is in looking at issues in water poverty. So how can we connect solutions with people who need them in a very, very fine-grained and efficient manner? I mean, and so I'm going to assume that the majority of this is really in the third-world countries, but do you have any utilization uses in the first-world countries too? Well, it's interesting. The watershed management is actually more of a first-world um, problem right now because that's the only place where there's actually a level of awareness. Not, not the only place. That's, that's way overreaching. But um, A higher degree. A higher degree of a cultural awareness of the need to protect the water system. So we've sort of targeted rolling that out in the developed countries in order to develop standardized tools that can then be used in developing countries where we expect that they'll have a lot more impact. Um, the issues of water poverty, we we actually find that we're using the application both in the developed world and in the developing world. Um, it was targeted la- largely at people who actually have water problems, so those are mostly people who are living in poverty. But it's been a really super ed- interesting educational tool to roll out to our friends and neighbors and family in the developed world because once they've gone through the survey, I think they have a very different uh, idea of first the lack of knowledge that they have about how much water they use and how they use it. And then secondarily, of course, how fortunate they are to have regular access to water. Good education. How much do you find in your role that you are doing evangelizing more than selling, per se, your application? I don't look at it as evangelizing. It's more education, and I find I do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Uh, a few, um, I guess, a few months ago, you got a telephone call or something, an email out of Paris saying, "Listen, hey, listen, we'd like to invite you to Paris or NetExplo. Tell us about uh, how that happened." Well, so I opened up my email. Unfortunately, it didn't get caught in my spam filter, and I was like, "This is a, this is definitely a prank. There's no way that somebody's going to fly me to Paris to talk about water at some some forum." So I, then I had to, of course, Google you guys and see that you were for real. And of course, I was absolutely thrilled about it. Beautiful. All right, so you you go to a lot of conferences and based in in uh, San Francisco, right? So um, you you've presumably been to a lot of these major tech techy kind of conferences around the United States, North America. 
uh, maybe elsewhere. Can you explain to us what you feel is the difference about this type of conference relative to the ones you go to? Yeah, I've been pretty involved in the uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem, both in the Silicon Valley and in Chile. I was a participant in the inaugural version of the Startup Chile program. And I have to say that the Net Expo Forum has been one of the best things that I've seen, particularly the work of the sociologists and their analysis of the upcoming trends and their ability to then pre present that in a very cogent and thoughtful manner. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, my experience, because this, this sort of the idea of sociology is a very French experience, and and, uh, and their view is just another way of seeing business. Um, so, let me ask you, what's the uh, future of H20? The future of H2020. Well, you know, we have a really methodical rollout plan that we recognize that it's a little bit overambitious to think that we're going to be able to crowdsource every bit of information about water starting today. So what we've done is we've targeted very discrete problem sets, so the watershed management, as well as the water poverty initiative. And then we're actually targeting groups that are already collecting data in that area, and we're trying to find ways to, first of all, standardize the data that they collect across different vectors, and then second of all, to make their process of collection a lot more efficient um, by helping them to use mo mobile electronic devices, mostly phones, to do the data collection process and then giving them front to back end support in electronic um, management. Right. We're in France. It's a country that likes its clean water for drinking uh, and also has uh, a certain... I should say there's a certain underground movement uh, that there's a lot of dirty water in France. Have you had any commentary regarding uh, France uh, from any of the French attendees? Not a one. Not Nobody's one. even talked about it. Well, I, I think it's a good topic for you. We need to address that another time. Anyway, thanks for coming and appreciate having you on. Thanks very much. It was my pleasure. Bye, Erica. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue radio show. You'll find the show notes on themindset.com, T-H-E-M-Y-N-D-S-E-T, where you can also sign up for my weekly newsletter. If you like the show, please don't forget to click the handy Facebook like button or tweet it out. And if you speak French, you can find my other French language interviews on minterdial.fr. In the meantime, please come join the conversation at The Mindset or catch me on Twitter at M-D-I-A-L. Happy trails. Hello, this is Gary Chachot welcoming you to check out the French History Podcast. Our main show covers the history of France from the first humans until present. If you liked Mike Duncan's The History of Rome and wanted a similar program covering the land of beauty, culture, and love, we are exactly that. We also host world-renowned scholars who have delivered guest episodes on their specialties, including 18th century pirates, revolutionary booksellers in 20th century Paris, the special friendship between the Marquis de Lafayette and Thomas Jefferson, and numerous others. Learn what you love and listen to the French History Podcast today.